0: You're listening to the Union Podcast. The Union is a movement dedicated to discovering God's design
1: for sexuality, his hope for restoration, and the power of our destiny through Jesus. Please enjoy today's podcast. Hello, and welcome to the Union Podcast. I'm Bonnie.
0: And I'm Brian.
1: And you're here listening to episode five, which we are calling Under the Radar, teaching your kids about healthy sexuality without them knowing it.
0: Mm-hmm. It's an exciting, exciting topic.
1: Yeah, there's lots going on, lots in our minds, what we want to share with you. So we're going to dive into it pretty soon. But I just wanted to start with and say, if you have been enjoying the podcast, we would really appreciate it if you would head on over and subscribe or leave a comment or rate and review the podcast. That will just make it easier for other people to find it. Yeah, so something we normally do at the start of each podcast episode, just for the you know, purpose of being real and transparent, mm-hmm. uh, is we uh, surprise each other with a question. I'm going to ask Brian a question. He doesn't know what I'm going to ask, and then he has to just answer on the spot, and then uh, back at me, he'll have a question. I'm so,
0: ready. I'm okay. ready. Let's go.
1: Okay, so my question for you. So, Brian, you have been doing... Um, a lot of cooking in this last season, uh-huh. which I super appreciate. You're a great cook. Mm-hmm. Um, but what my question would be, if you could learn one style of like, of cooking from maybe another country, another ethnicity, what would you like to learn how to cook?
0: Learn how to cook. Um, a very good question. I think some like Mediterranean type food, like, um... Greek food Mm. and um, what would be some other ones like like uh, Lebanese food, I think is like super good. And uh, I think, yeah, I'd be probably probably somewhere in there to cook. If you can cook that stuff well, like that'd be awesome.
1: I wouldn't I wouldn't be opposed to that as well.
0: That's like good party food. Yeah. Good hosting party food. So
1: there's a restaurant in Vancouver that we'd like to go to. Yeah. Like to go to as in we've been a few like a, a couple times. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's good every time
1: called nuba and they do some really excellent uh yeah roasted cauliflower
0: yeah so if you're in the vancouver area vancouver bc anytime check out nuba yeah it's amazing all right bonnie my question for you (laughs) if you were gonna have a phone conversation with a high profile individual would you feel the need to brush your teeth first
1: (laughs) it's like i've been thrown under the bus
0: yeah pretty much
1: (laughs) (laughs) um uh, yeah i would feel the need to brush my teeth
0: yeah well, that's just that's just like good etiquette right i think it's just polite
1: because I, I think it's more about me and the mental preparation than <laughs> anyone good. else's effect the effect on anyone else
0: yeah so the backstory here so just as we were getting ready to record the podcast bonnie felt the need to brush her teeth <laughs> just to get ready and <laughs> like like which i understand you know a fresh fresh mouth is is great but You guys don't know (laughs) the difference. (laughs) The behind
1: the scenes. Yeah, yeah.
0: so anyways, good time. Good questions. Good questions. So I think you would probably need to brush your teeth after Lebanese food. Mm, Yes. Right? Those are some strong flavors. That's a good
1: connection point. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm
0: glad we talked about this. It's really good.
1: Anyway, so today, episode five, we're talking about how parents can kind of fly under the radar and be teaching their kids about healthy sexuality before kids even really should know or know and have any understanding about sex. We want to talk about how to like healthy foundations. So, Mm -hmm. yeah.
0: Yeah. And we had actually put it out on Instagram, um, to ask, you know, like to give opportunity for people to give some questions or ask some questions that is, um, you know, when it comes to the topic of sexuality as a parent, uh, trying to guide your children in that area. And one of the questions we got was like, how do you just even talk about it? Um, in an appropriate manner. And, um, this is actually a question that I get that we get somewhat, uh, regularly is like, how do you just even talk to your kids about it? And, um, you know, I, I don't want to oversimplify it, but one of the, one of the things that I've realized is, um, just so key is just to be talking to your kids in general, um, that there would be a strong relationship bond there, um, where you guys are talking about, a multitude of things. Like I, uh, I remember, uh, listening to, a uh, pastor once he was talking about, talking about parenting and how like the quality times as a parent, um, you know, like if we think like, wow, that was just an amazing time, amazing time of connection that I had, um, with my son or daughter, uh, those quality moments only come out of a quantity of moments. And, um, yeah, it's wow. not like a lot of times we just, you know, and I'm, I'm probably guilty of it myself. Uh, we want to have these crazy times of connection. Um, but really, you know, like, you know, to another quote I heard is, is like, kids spell trust T-I-M-E. Right. Um, and uh, if you're not willing to put in the time and consistency in just the menial everyday things that you think don't really matter, um, that's actually building up. um some like social capital relationship capital, Mm -hmm. um, for you to draw from, you know, right. Because there's trust there. Um, so I would just, I would say that's kind of point one, like, um, is just to be talking to your kids in general, just to be, um, and not, and not just like, yeah, talking about silly stuff. Like we have five boys in our family. We talk about some silly crazy stuff that really (laughs) at the end of the day means nothing. Um, but I've realized it's a bridge that builds to their heart and so those times where we have had really good heart connection um, have just come out of just the consistency of talking about minecraft talking about um, Lego spending time with them all these different things mm-hmm. um, that can you can sometimes not as put as much weight on um, as a parent but they're they're really vital for example uh, one of our boys, um, You know, like as much as we homeschool our kids, but for one day a week, they go to a a community class. Um, And one of our boys was just feeling like um, really just, yeah, he just didn't want to go, was really kind of upset about the idea of having to go. He just wanted to stay home. And and, uh, that just wasn't an option. He wasn't sick. There wasn't, you know, major problems or whatever. Um, So he said, yeah, man, you got to go to class today. You got to just do it. You got to push through it. Um, and, you know, he got there and he was fine. Um, and he didn't have any problems, had a great day, but I was really purposeful because I was the one that had to break the news to him that he wasn't going to stay home, that I had to, you know, I was kind of pushing him like, no, you're going to be fine. You're going to get through this. And sometimes you have to do things you don't want to do, uh, because they're what needs to be done. Um, so I was really purposeful to ask him, you know, how his day was and to make sure he got a big hug. Um, when he got home. And, uh, you know, it's just those little things that you think, oh, well, you know, he's probably not going to notice. He probably didn't remember that, you know, that conversation or that, you know, that I, you know, pushed him a little hard to, you know, get him in the right direction. But, um, but I think I have to believe that at the end of the day, that means a lot. So,
1: yeah, I think it's about recognizing that our children are people and that, The connection we have with them is a legitimate relationship. So in the same way that Mm. I have a relationship with my friends or with you, my spouse, it's like I need to put investment into it to show the value that I have for you or for my friends or, or yeah. And for my children. And so, and so we're having these conversations of, about matters of the heart long before they hit puberty, Mm -hmm. because I mean, for any of us who've gone through puberty and come into adulthood, it's like things get, there's things get real. Like there's, there's so much confusion, so many questions. You're trying to figure out, you know, who, who really am I and what do I really, what do I really like? What's my personality? You know? So then I think we need to have a relationship with our kids established before we come into that, you know, that next stage. And so our kids, our oldest right now are, they're just twins who are 10. And so we're just in the pre-adolescence right now, but I think this is something we're really purposing to do, um, yeah, to just be able to navigate the next season as well. Mm-hmm. So, That's right. Well, in 10 more years, I'm sure we could do this podcast again and have a <laughs> whole bunch more things we could, we could add to it.
0: Yeah, for real.
1: So one thing uh, that we started noticing, even when our boys were very young, uh, is that right from a young age, they are being surrounded Not necessarily intentionally in our home, but in culture and the grocery store and on television and and media and stuff like that is with a whole bunch of images uh, that are influencing their mindsets around Mm -hmm. the area of, I would say, maybe body image and what how they would view themselves and the opposite sex.
0: That's right.
1: And so there was an eye opening experience for me as a mom when I think our oldest were probably around five years old. And I was working in the kitchen, and they were coloring at the table. And I looked over, and the coloring book that they had was a superhero coloring book. And my son happened to be on a page that was of a female superhero. Which I know that male and female, their costumes just are seriously skin-tight and (laughs) emphasizing every curve, every muscle, that kind of thing. But I looked at my son's face, and you could see that almost like he'd come to a place of awareness of the female body. And he was looking at me with a sense of like, I don't, I don't normally see women dress like this, and I don't know that I really would want to see my mom dress like this. Um, a- anyway, you could just see question marks in his eyes. And so I dried my hands from doing dishes and just came over to him and, and sat with him and said, Wow, I see that you're coloring. I think it was maybe Catwoman or something like that.
0: Might have been a Wonder Woman.
1: Yeah, something like that. And I just I just took the minute to talk with him through it. And I said, what do you think the artist, the, the drawer, was <laughs> mm-hmm. trying to emphasize in this picture? And he blushed a little. And then he, using his crayon, pointed at her chest which was definitely very emphasized in the, in the picture. Mm-hmm. And I said, yeah, I think you're right. And I just started, I took that opportunity and started talking to him about how there can be a lot of pressure and a lot of, a lot of focus in our culture to really just look at the external. So I didn't use the word um, like women are being objectified or sexualized. I just said, there's a lot of pressure to, for us to focus on the external, that that becomes the most important part of who we are and he got it he gra- grasped it for sure and then we started flipping through the coloring book and and i was on each of the pages where there was a female superhero i would say what about this picture what do you think what do you think the artist is wanting us to focus on her strength or just on her body parts and every time he's like the it's about making us look at her body parts and so of course, I know that females' body parts aren't bad, but you know what I mean. That was se- it was sensualized, mm-hmm. it was sexualized for these little kids' coloring books, and so the, we actually only found one picture where it, it was like, this picture actually looks like it's just showing her in her strength, not as a sexual like sexualized right. being, and so we just took out every page that was objectifying the
0: mm-hmm. woman,
1: and I felt it felt like a really pivotal moment for me because I realized. Like I can be teaching my sons right now at an early age to be protectors and not predators mm-hmm. of females and to not see women as something to consume.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, yeah. So that was a really significant moment for me.
0: Because the core, the core of that whole lesson is like, this is where like, we've kind of called it, you're talking about pornography before you're talking about pornography, yeah, right? Like you're talking that, that issue of saying that the most important part of who a woman is, is her sexuality or is her body Mm -hmm. and is her ability to attract. That's the most important part of who she is. And that's all that she's good for is essentially the message of, of pornography. That's why she exists. Um, and so (laughs) as a, as a parent, um, when you start to take those little opportunities, you're actually teaching a much larger lesson, and and appealing like Bonnie was saying to that original design, that um, you know that our boys, even as young as they are, they're called to be protectors and uh, not predators for sure.
1: Yeah. So com- so conversation points. Yeah, absolutely. All around us, and and getting really, we really encourage our boys to to look people in the eye, it, mm-hmm. regardless of what a woman or a man might be wearing. Is like to remember that they're a person just like them mm-hmm. and to to just value their personhood and not to give into that kind of that. Tr- we could just say it's a trick of
0: mm-hmm. trying to
1: get us to just always stare at each other's external value yeah. or ex- external appearance.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And I mean, actually, this something comes to mind. The other night I was at a grocery store and had this awkward situation where this this man... It was like he was following me, and then I had to talk to the gr- the clerk at the cash register and said, hey, uh, this is kind of awkward, but could you just watch out for me as I leave? And, and that young man, like kind of, I could see him rise in like a protector mode, and he was like, yeah, absolutely, and he went and got the manager and helped me out. So then I took that, and I actually the next morning then presented it to all my sons and honored that young man and said, isn't that really cool that that man that like valued me enough to mm-hmm. take what I said about me not feeling like not feeling safe in that atmosphere. And he took, took care of it. Wasn't that so awesome. And you could just see all the boy, all of our boys were like kind of leaning in. Like, that's what I'm going to do when I grow up.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. that's was amazing. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so far we've just covered uh, building the heart connection and a, a strong relationship with your child. Um, before you even really start to get to talk about deep um, sexual things, you're actually having just a regular, strong, everyday conversational life, uh, dialogue with them. Um, you're also having eyes to see the culture and process uh, the things that they're experiencing with them um, and also uh, emphasizing the value of a person. Um, and not just the external or sexual nature uh, that, again, is being presented to them uh, so often through uh, the things that they're experiencing, even this, the everyday things at the grocery store, standing in the checkout line, seeing magazines that are just pointing to, um, you know, a woman's external, um, you know, how do you process those things and uh, to be really proactive that way. So,
1: yeah. So some other things that uh, some practical things that we've done over the years, I Starting truthfully, since they were really young, uh, it, one thing is that when it comes to private parts, we are just really purf- purposeful to not use slang words, mm-hmm. uh, but to call them what they are because we didn't want ever want them to feel like, well, for our boys, that their penises were a bad thing, you know, and so we would just call them penises mm-hmm.
0: and, uh, got a lot of laughs for a while. <laughs> yeah,
1: they, they, you know, it's just what we call them. Yeah. And, uh, and we wanted them to understand that we not—we don't cover up these private parts because they're bad or dirty, but actually just because they're important, valuable, and actually treasures that God gave to us as humans. And uh, so we would, yes, I would actually say those words to them right from a young age. I'd say, yeah, we're going to cover that up. God gave that to you. He made you a boy. He's so glad that he did. And we're so glad that you're a boy and kind of honor their private parts and, uh, and still be guarding their modesty, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, because we don't, yeah, we just don't want shame to be connected uh, to their sexual identity. And, of course, when they're really young, they're not seeing it as a sexual part. They're just thinking, this is where how, like how right. I go to the bathroom. Right. But then, as they become older, and now with the older ones, we have had conversations about about actually about sex and sexuality, then they start to realize, Mom and Dad, that's why. You would always emphasize these things. Now I yeah. get it. And that's what we wanted. because sometimes we, you know I've heard people say, um, let the kids guide. They'll like they'll ask you questions when they're curious. But the truth is not necessarily, not every kid will ask questions. And we I just really wanted to always be the ones who would introduce them to these concepts. Yeah. And give them a sense that we're authorities on the subject and that we can be trusted and that we give them kind of a frame of reference where everything else can a frame of reference and a filter that everything else can go through. Right. And so we're giving insight to them before they're really asking for it. And so they need to know that they can ask us questions about things and that we're not going to maybe we'll say, you know what, I'm actually not going to answer that right now or that's maybe we'll talk about that when you're a little bit older, if there are matters that are just a little bit too heavy for their hearts. Uh, another thing is that we want to make sure that they can confess things to us or talk about things with us without facing any rejection. So if they had a question or they had... Um, something happened to them or something they said or something that was said to them we want them to know that they can talk to us about those things so that's when they're getting a little bit older a funny a funny situation comes to mind when it comes to talking openly about about body parts and about just even the natural you know how babies are made you know that's the question what I what do i say if they ask me and uh we would often just say yeah god god is the one who puts a baby in the mommy's tummy mm-hmm. right when they were young that's just what we say and it's it's not a lie. It's very true. Um, uh, yeah, but I do remember when I was pregnant with our last son is I was helping them get ready for bed one night and helping them brush their teeth. And I think my, he must've been four at the time. He said, how does the, how does the baby come out? And normally, I mean, he's four. I don't really want to get into it right before bed. I just, all so normally I just say, well, yeah, the, we go to the hospital, and the doctor helps the baby come out, and that would normally like appease their curiosity. Like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. But that night, he just was like, yeah, but but how? How does the baby come out? And I'm like, okay. And it, so, I guess I'm saying this is just that even though here we are, like, oh, we have a podcast all about sexuality and relationships, it's like, this stuff still makes me blush. Right? <laughs> like, it still makes me feel awkward. Right. But anyway, I, like, I just remember being like, uh, just a second. And I literally, like, ran as well as a pregnant woman can down the hall to Brian and go, Brian, he's asking how babies come out. And Brian's like, well, why don't you tell him? I'm like, okay. (laughs) And then I waddle ran back down the hallway and I said, well, there's kind of like this tunnel (laughs) from my stomach to the outside. Where's the tunnel come from? Whatever. Anyway, so it kept going and I had, to, and I just actually told them exactly how babies come out and contractions and, and the vagina and how it all works. And
0: some bold husband I am, I stayed miles away from that conversation. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, babe, why don't you just tell them? Yeah. I anyway. had nothing to do with so it. So in
1: that way, I did let questions guide it. Cause that was an innocent question, but right. then, um, it wasn't till much later than they found out how babies actually, actually get in. That's so.
0: right. Yeah. Yeah. Which is another funny story we can. Yeah. maybe tell them another time Yeah, <laughs> how we talk to our kids of actually how sex actually happens. It's yeah. an interesting one.
1: It's as awkward um, for us as it is for them, Yeah, but, but we want them to hear it from us first. So yeah,
0: I think that's the thing too, that was like just so important to us. And we, some friends of ours actually, we had heard them uh, say this to their children. was like, we know everything about that. You can come talk to us. Right. You know what I mean? And I feel like there's so much pressure on parents Um, and there's so much, uh, so many voices fighting for the voice of the parents and trying to Hmm. uh, squelch, uh, the voice of the parents that like, even if you're listening to this right now, I want to just bless you and honor you that you have, you have a position from God to, to speak into your children's lives and to talk about these things. And, um, and and god will give you the courage mm-hmm. and god will give you the insight and um mm-hmm. he's not he's not even looking for perfection and your kids aren't even looking for perfection you know you don't need to get spreadsheets out and pie graphs and <laughs> not have all this like this great presentation i think they're just looking for um a realness and a um mm-hmm. a safety in the conversation mm-hmm. um and just even a, pers- a pursual from you uh that you care about this part of who they are so um yeah just don't let that pressure get to you yeah um, from the culture that's just fighting to to be your your children's parents you know you get to be yeah uh their parents so one of the other points we want to talk about is uh the importance of being students of your children and um and what i mean by that as much as bonnie was talking about like having a shame-free zone that you know if like, there's nothing that they can't talk about there's no question that they can't ask and and, um, and there's always that kind of safety and, um, uh, that safety to be vulnerable. Um, it's also really important to be on the lookout for shame, to be, to be looking for the, the telltale signs of that. So, um, you know, like there's a lot of changes that go on, like, depending on how old your, uh, your son or daughter is, you know, like when they hit puberty and they start coming into those. Uh, those years it's like there's just so much changing like they don't want to do this anymore they don't want right. to they don't want to play with some of the toys that they had and all of a sudden there's just yeah there's just a whole lot of you know hormonal changes and stuff like that so I don't want to suggest that um, because there may be um, kind of tell to like little hints of these next characteristics that I'm going to share with you uh, in your child's life that there is that there is necessarily shame however um, if you're seeing isolation, if you're seeing a consistent um, um, movement away from a genuine connection with people in their lives who love them and, uh, and who, they, who they love, really who they mm-hmm. love, um, when you're seeing that, that consistent moving away from those relationships, um, that's really a red flag of shame because shame will always try to isolate and shame will always try to keep you from the place where it can be broken. And where do we find healing from shame? It's in confession. It's in um, community. It's in right. vulnerability with those uh, who love us. Um, when there's a coldness, so we're, we're talking about an isolation, but there's also a coldness where even it's just like kind of a blankness over the face. Mm-hmm. Um, the the vibrancy in the eyes is, isn't is there anymore. The The mm-hmm. joy... Um, that wasn't, that was there is, is, you know, it's hard to remember when the last time they were happy, the last time they were excited about something, Mm -hmm. um, you know, and there's maybe outbursts of anger, um, frustration. And, and again, like, you know, people get angry, you know, and that's, that's okay. But, um, what, what we've been learning and I think what we're still trying to, um, you know, still trying to understand is how anger's not. Um, a primary emotion Um, it's a secondary emotion so there's there's sadness there's disappointment there's maybe even pain there's pain Mm -hmm. that's even connected to that anger and it's it's not just about oh they didn't have their size of shoe or something like that at at the mall or you know like Mm -hmm. oh you didn't get the right drink at starbucks or something something like that it's not about that Mm -hmm. it's actually about something so much more so um isolation coldness Uh, anger and last one's just frustration. Um, and you know, you may think that frustration and anger are kind of the same. Um, the frustration is just a general consistent sense of not being enough. Um, I'm not enough. What I'm doing isn't enough. I'll never be enough. It's like even kind of carries with it a sense of, of hopelessness um, you know, so I would just really encourage you to be looking for, uh, those signs and like using those opportunities, um, you know, to have those conversations, like when you're seeing the isolation, um, you know, to, to draw close and it may be awkward. It may not be, mm-hmm. uh, well received at first. Um, but I think, um, I was actually listening to, uh, a brief kind of, clip uh that was on the, the internet the other day it was talking about people who experience trauma and um you know when the brain is trying like the brain's trying to protect the body and the person um from the pain that they've experienced and so um the brain starts to build barriers um within itself to to keep uh to keep from experiencing that pain again and so um so that can kind of show up in a body language um, that, you know, is very closed off, arms crossed, blank, kind of blank look on their face. But deep down inside within their soul, they're crying out for genuine connectedness. They're crying out for right. for somebody to know them and for somebody to know really what's going on in their world and for somebody to step into their world. Um, so I just I just want to encourage you with that, To If you're seeing those signs um, you know be proactive you know ask little questions and listen and and ask you know thought-provoking questions and and try to be really present
1: yeah and I think even just make statements like hey if there's anything on your heart or on your mind like yeah I'm here for you or I know right now might not be a good time because the other family members are around but but later on if you want to you know stay up late and just chat with me If there's anything on your mind, you know, Mm -hmm. just create those opportunities for conversation. Let them know that you're there for them.
0: So you're
1: you're saying these signs of shame because sometimes it's not even sometimes it's things that our children have done. And other times it's things that even have been said or done to our children that can really impact them. And we don't have to be hopeless that if something's happened or they've seen something or heard something that then it's like, oh, they're now they're going to be kind of like marked or or ruined forever. But we can trust God says that he is able to clean us of those mm. things. Even us as adults, we need that. Yeah. And then our children are going to need that. As they walk in this world, they're going to they're gonna need opportunities where they get they do actually feel the, the cleaning power of God. Absolutely. And we get to be ministers to them of that principle. And so uh, in, it says in Proverbs 4 that above all else, we need to guard our heart because out of that flow all the issues of life. And I think it's a hard enough thing us as adults for us to take responsibility over our own hearts. Hopefully mm-hmm. that's something we're all increasing in. It's kind of like, let's not fill our hearts and minds with things that make us feel dirty. Right. or Things that corrupt our minds or things that we know are pulling us away from healthy relationships. So not only are we trying to increase in that, but then we're also trying to to teach our children to be able to differentiate and discern what makes them, what brings them life and what makes them I don't want to make it sound dramatic, but what brings them death or Mm -hmm. what makes them feel unclean, feel that dirtiness, which often will come in the area of sexual shame. So whether they, again, see something, hear something, participate in something is they're going to, we want them to identify, like, I don't want to continue down that path or that that's not helping my heart. So, Mm -hmm. so we are guardians over their heart, but we are increasingly teaching them to also be watching for those things so that, I mean, one day they're going to not be living under our, under our roof and, mm-hmm. and they are going to now take on that primary responsibility of being a guardian, guarding their own heart. So, yeah, that's right. um, I just think, yeah, that's really important to be watching, I guess. Yeah. Uh, practice what we preach in the way mm-hmm. of, you know, be doing our inventory over our own hearts and minds and then, and then be guiding them in it as well. Saying that something that, um. So even as we're talking about this, I don't want to, I don't want to pretend that I don't know that there are parents right now who are listening to this and are thinking, I like, because of what I've gone through in my past, things I've done, things that were done to me, the idea of talking about this stuff with my children terrifies me because I, maybe I don't want to get it wrong or I just don't like, I don't feel worthy of it. Like I I, feel, I still feel dirty. How am I supposed to impart anything of value to mm-hmm. my children on this topic? And so I just want to encourage you right now, God can heal you mm-hmm. and you can feel clean again. And you, by going into those, maybe those, maybe there's like cardboard boxes in a closet with photo albums of memories that you just you're like I don't even want to go back there. I don't want to look at that stuff. I don't want to remember that stuff. But God is leading you to say you no know, leading you to start processing and to maybe go to go to a pastor or a leader or someone that you trust and start to share the things that hurt you to get prayer and to to actually feel clean again. And you're doing it not just for your own sake anymore, but now for the sake of your children, for your, for your son or your daughter, for the next generation and the this new sense of purity that God's going to give to you then becomes the atmosphere of your home that you can impart to your children. So maybe before it felt too daunting, like I can't do it. I don't know where to start, but I just want to encourage you just take one step in that direction and you're going to, you are going to shift the atmosphere of your home and your children are going to grow up with, yeah, with a life that maybe you wish you would have had. You're going to start giving that to them as an inheritance because of your
0: courage uh, to face your past. Yeah. That's amazing. It's amazing. Well, we just want to say thank you for tuning in with us today. This has been such a privilege just to share uh, some of our experiences, some of our thoughts and uh, the things we're we've learned and we're still learning yeah. uh, when it comes to this area of talking to your kids um, about sexuality uh, in a way that is not um, embarrassing in a way that's, uh, that's God honoring mm-hmm. and honors them. Uh, too so thanks for taking the time we'd love to hear from you if you have any questions thoughts uh, we are available you can email us at podcast at the union movement.com and uh, we'd love to chat with you and feel free to reach out to us on facebook or instagram as well um, under uh, the union movement and uh, we're here for you we appreciate you and uh, wish you all the best have a good day thank you so much for joining us today we hope your life was impacted greatly If you have any questions or comments, we'd love to hear from you.
1: Please email us at podcast at theunionmovement.com. For more information, visit our website, theunionmovement.com, and follow us on Facebook and Instagram with the handle at The Union Movement.